Welcome to Living Martial Arts with Master Ray Gale, aka The Dark Master. Living Martial Arts discuss and examines the everyday exercise, philosophy, and lifestyle of the martial arts enthusiast. The host talks about his own training, past and present, and he also interviews many martial artists to discover how they continue to live their own martial arts journey. Tune in for top tips on how to get the best out of your martial art. Or perhaps you're thinking of starting a martial art. This podcast offers you an easy way to dip your toe in. Sign up for the newsletter at livingmartialarts.com and get regular updates and training tips direct to your inbox. Follow the Dark Master on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Living Martial Arts. Hi, hello, this is me, uh, the Dark Master, coming back with the Living Martial Arts podcast. I've got a fantastic uh, guest um, all the way from Holland. I've got Mr. Tim Cool, who I've been trying to get on here for a little while. So uh, it's great to great to see and great to chat with him. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing great, sir. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Excellent, excellent. Well, good to uh, uh, good to see you. Um, it's a while since I've been to to Holland, and obviously uh, now we're back uh, in in the in the new normal. Uh, maybe I'm gonna make a make a trip um hopefully next time and come and see you and uh come and see that lovely lovely place that is delft and um particularly the dark chocolate and the cheese i like <laughs> <laughs> well you know you're always welcome here so that's not a problem it would be good to see you <laughs> but so, somebody said to me today, in fact it was my young lady said to me today when i said i was interviewing you and where you're from she said oh isn't delft famous for pottery and i said i don't know i have no idea she said yeah i've got some in my house i think I've never. I, whenever I go there, I just have chocolate and cheese. <laughs> no, no, this is it's true. We are, we're quite well known for uh, Delft blue, so it's ah. it's, it's pottery with uh, blue uh, paint on it. Ah, well, it's, it's a bit like a, well, in Bristol where I grew up, they have uh, Bristol blue glass actually, which is quite famous. So there, there we go. But uh, anyway, that's conversation for another time. But we're going to talk about um, martial arts um, as it's uh, a passion of both of us. But um, you know, as always, I'm going to start with um, uh, just asking you to tell the uh, the listeners um, a little bit about your martial arts journey, really, how it, how it started and sort of how you progressed and where you are today. And um, as I said to everyone, that can take, for all of us that have been in martial arts a long time, it can take three days. <laughs> but unfortunately, we haven't got three days, so we can condense it a little bit. <laughs> but go no, no, I, will, I will talk a little bit about how I started. I was, uh, I was six years old and actually I got, uh, I got bullied in, uh, in the local playground. And um, yeah, there was a taekwondo school nearby. It was actually uh, owned by a uh, very well-known martial artist, Jan Koster, who actually uh, was a teacher of Grandmaster uh, uh, Wim Bos as well. Um, and I started there and my parents didn't really know what it was. They actually thought it was just pattern. And uh, they later found out it was also sparring. They thought it was a bit much, but I was actually winning my first uh, tournaments uh, uh, in the beginning. Wow. So they were okay with it. Uh, I didn't really have to use it uh, uh, eventually to to stop the bullying, but I think the the confidence you get from from the martial arts is usually already enough to to stop the bullying. And I enjoyed myself a lot. I've been in the Dutch team from uh, year 2000 2015. Uh, I've been a Dutch, Dutch national coach uh, for about seven years, I think. Uh, and now I'm still uh, president of IDF Netherlands, which uh, I'm, I'm going to end on Sunday. 
And in my career, I had the opportunity to be in a lot of countries also, of course, uh, and, and the Puma Open. And I win a lot of tournaments and eventually uh, um, yeah, I got three uh, gold medals for world championships, six for European championships and 26 times for open Dutch championships. So, uh, yeah, I think I did quite well and I enjoyed my journey. Well, well, that that, that is um, uh, a bit of a, a positive history. It's interesting, isn't it? Because so so many um, people that I know, um, uh, I mean, mine was a slightly slightly different story. I started later when I was uh, sort of 15, 16, around that age. But a lot of people started because they were had problems in their youth with bullying, uh, you know, somebody who's given them a, a hard time. Um, and I, I, I don't know, a lot of those people I find um, seem to have gone on to, you know, a certain amount of success. I, I don't know whether it's because of the, I, I don't know, maybe your thoughts, the, the determination um, to not let that happen. And then that translates into, I don't know, just a different mindset. I don't know, what, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know really. Uh, you do see it quite a lot, but um, I, I also think people sometimes start martial arts for the wrong reasons because they're they're getting bullied and they want to fight the one that's bullying them. Sure. Uh, but they, they they are actually finding out that the whole fighting part is not necessary if you do it in the dojo, and you get some kind of calmness inside, and you you get very uh, self confident. So I think it's it's the whole circle, and and like you said, that makes you feel really good, and that's. Um, uh, what gets you persistent to 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 get your goals? So um, yeah, I'm not sure about it. I haven't thought about it yet. I have to be honest. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So did, did you know in the in the early days? Uh, you know, I've mentioned people people will know that um, you know Master Alborn and I uh, we were friends from the age of eight years old, uh, and uh, you know we we were uh, buddies and then uh, training partners, and you know we, we've we've done most things together really, in some ways. So did, did you have a training partner at, at all when you were coming through or uh, anyone that, um, you know, you sort of motivated each other? I have to be honest. I had a coach uh, when I was younger. Uh, we also had to break up at one point because of uh, certain things he did. Uh, mm -hmm. But he was actually the one that always took me uh, everywhere. And he was like, okay, we can have an all-style tournament. Uh, okay, you can do low kicks here. You can do this now. Um, good luck. Mm -hmm. And I had a fight and... So he, he took me everywhere, and my parents are, uh, are really behind what I'm doing, so they actually also took me everywhere by car. At one point, I think every other weekend we were in Germany because they had a lot of competitions, and we didn't have them in, in the Netherlands that much. So, yeah, it, it's not um, really a training partner, although I still have some people that I used to train with that I still see, or they got their own gym or something. Sure. Uh, but other than that, it, it was more my coach and my parents that actually motivated me a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that, that's a, an interesting one. Did you you I, you mentioned there um, uh, things like low kicks? Did did you do a lot of um, other tournaments other than uh, ta taekwondo? I mean, when, when I was coming through uh, originally, we sort I sort of did uh, taekwondo. Then I, I had a little bit um, of an experience in the in the ring, doing a little bit of kickboxing uh, just to see what that that was like as a youngster. You know, you want to pressure test your stuff. <laughs> but then after a while you think mm, this hurts considering I'm not getting any money for this <laughs> so I decided I'd go back to uh, some semi-contact but um, what, what are your experience in different things like that? So yeah at one point um, my coach just took me to tournaments and I usually didn't even know what was going on so it was also tournaments I, he just put me in all the categories and you had like five or six different categories you do uh, a day, like uh, low kick, full contact, point fight, taekwondo, uh, kickboxing. So there were a lot of different styles. Yeah, uh, eventually, um, one of my world championships titles is a WKA kickboxing world title. 
okay. which was actually in a ring. But even that was more of a coincidence because I was training for another big tournament and uh, one of the fighters pulled out and contacted my coach or, or if he knew somebody. And he said, yeah, yeah, my guy is training for it. So we went to Germany and I, I had no clue where I was going, actually. And uh, yeah, yeah. actually entered the hall there and it was like a big arena and it was like a big ring in the middle. And uh, yeah, I, I won that fight. So I, I did a few um, other things in Taekwondo as well, but Taekwondo was always my, my main thing and it was not really... Because I wanted it so bad, but it was more my coach put me in the right position, and uh, I, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that, that, that's cool. Well, it, it's um, uh, it, it's sort of a, a, a funny thing. I mean, it, you know, I I I did taekwondo, but mainly because it was uh, closest to my home at the time, and uh, it was uh, easy to get to as a young lad. Um, you know, I didn't have to spend money on a on a bus or. Uh, you know, my parents, but my, my parents would never have taken me. My, my, my dad was always, oh, I'm too busy. So, uh, you know, I'd, I'd have to walk anyway or take a push bike or eventually a, a motorcycle and then a car. So it was, uh, it was, it was good. So from from, um, uh, from, from that, that sort of uh, early experience of, uh, of competition and, you know, training and things like that, uh, do you notice any, any changes these days from the way that you were taught and, the way that uh, say taekwondo is now i mean i obviously i i know it's a lot of changes from uh the 70s when i started to where it is now uh, one of the main things is it's very very um uh, inclusive uh we didn't have many children it was mainly guys um there were you know, very few women at that time so I, I don't know what your experience was of that i think um i think a lot of a lot of has changed actually um also, because at one point, I, I know more about the Taekwondo world itself. When I was competing, it was just competing for me, and I didn't care about, about associations or political stuff. Or And when you grow older, of course, you, you get sucked into that. Uh, and, yeah, just competition-wise, I think it's, it's really good that there's so many women also now competing, and it's more inclusive. Um, but if we just talk about training, I think uh, when I was younger and, and, and my teacher said I didn't do anything, something not well. And uh, I, I kind of get a slap, not not like a slap, like like a real slap of hurting, but like, yeah. you know, you did something wrong. You need to do it again. You need to do it harder. You need to do it better. If I do that now with my students, I got uh, six parents <laughs> behind me and I get sued. Yeah. So I think um, uh, that, that, that way is different. And on one hand, it, it, it's better for the general public, I think. Yeah, uh, because of course a lot of things that happened in the earlier days. If you do that now, it's it, nobody would get that. Uh, but to get on a certain level, a certain high level, I think the the character of of a lot of youngsters these days um, aren't really built for that anymore. Because the society is also because it's so inclusive, it also get a little bit softer. Um, so it it got it got good sides and 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 a little bit bad sides about it. I think. Um, so, and of course, the sport itself it gets a lot more professional. So the the change of rules every now and then um, made sure the contact is less hard, mm. is getting quicker. And um, yeah, I think they're actually really separating themselves from, from like uh, kickboxing or something because that that's not what our sport is. And yeah, even yeah. that has has good sides and bad sides, like like anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's very 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 true. I think. Um... You know, uh, a lot of the changes, but I, th I think some changes have changed uh, for the better and some maybe not so much. Um, you know, uh, one, one thing, you know, that I always 
uh, sort of mentioned for me, which was a, a real um, godsend for me, was uh, weights. Because when I started, we had no weights. Uh, and so I used to get beaten by these big guys. I had my ribs broken by guys who were like four stone heavier. Um, no safety equipment. Uh, my, my mother thought I was bonkers just to keep going back. But uh, uh, I did not have this strange kind of, oh, I'm going to do better next time and, um, you know, get my own back or something like that. <laughs> so was, uh, and, we all, and we all like a little bit of pain, I think. Sometimes, well, so. <laughs> well I, I think, I, hey, to be a disruptor, I think, you, I think you've got to like it. <laughs> I think you have, <laughs> have any in a strange way. But, uh, but um, so moving on from there, um, you know, obviously, I've, I've been along to your, um, you know, as, as a part of a part of a group of my students there who came along to your uh, your tournaments. How how are, how are those uh, going? And, and how how did that sort of come about? Was it just something that you thought, right, I'm going to start doing um, an international event? Because, I mean, you know, you've been to ours. I've done one myself, and I tell you what, I. I <laughs> I don't sleep for two weeks <laughs> trying to get it right. So I don't know what what made you do it and why. <laughs> uh, so uh, it was a long time ago actually, and uh, I'm, I'm so even though it's, it's my gym, it's uh, everything is, is is my name on it. But uh, I do it with a couple of people. One is my sister. Uh, one is Sabum uh, de Vries. And back in the days, it was also um, a good friend of my Lydia. And uh, she said at one point, uh, uh, so why, why, why aren't we organizing a tournament? And actually, it was a bit weird to organize a tournament because we were all under 30 years of, of age. Mm. And usually the tournaments got, got organized by uh, all the instructors. Yeah, yeah. Um, so eventually I said, okay, but there's one problem. If we're going to do a tournament, then I will organize a tournament, which I want to be at as a competitor. It's not money-driven. It's, it's not... Uh, thinking about okay, but what do these people think if we do this and this and this is going to be how we want to organize this, and that's how it all started. And of course, um, uh, taekwondo is my profession, and at one point you need to make money of 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 what what you organize, what you do. Uh, but still, there's a lot of things in in uh, the Holland Cup that we actually do for athletes. Uh, same as like last time, after two years, we postponed it two times, which cost a lot of money and. Uh, a lot of mental health for me, I have to be honest. Uh, so we finally uh, did it again. And, and normally it was two days. We did it on one day. We just do sparring and pattern. And when we were doing it, we saw also a lot of foreign competitors coming over, which is great. But we didn't know what to expect because normally you have about 15 to, to 20 different countries on a tournament. Uh, but I thought maybe now just it's going to be Belgium, England, Germany, you know, the countries really close by. Uh, so we saw like Canada was coming, Malaysia was coming, USA was coming, Argentina. So I said, okay, you know what? We're going to do an extra event. It's going to be free of charge and it's going to be overall category sparring, but also overall category pattern, uh, female, male, all combined, which doesn't happen a lot. And those kind of things is actually just done for the competitors. So they have more time on the mat because they're investing a lot of time and a lot of money to come to a tournament. Sure. And I think you need to give them back as much as possible. So, yes. yeah, those, those kind of things, we also always try to to keep really, really high up that we, we give it, people will pay to come to your tournament. They will give it the time to come to your tournament. So you better make it the worthwhile that your tournament is there. And yeah. I think that that's one of the, the motivations why, why and how the Holland Cup is the way it still is. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, yours, um, I tell you what, 
what I found is, um, again, when I was sort of competing in the early days, and I remember my very first international tournament, um, well, actually, no, it was my, my second international tournament was in, in Germany. I went to Germany with um, Stefan Schmidt uh, from Germany. And um, I, was, I was amazed by the facilities in Germany. And then when I went to Holland, you know, I went to Eindhoven and a few other places around uh, Holland. Um, and the facilities seem to be really good. And UK seemed like, you know, poor cousins. We had these facilities, which were like sports centres, and they were run down. And, and when I go to these places, I think, wow. I mean, I, I don't know. I do, is, is this all around Holland or is it just the places I've been? Because when I go to other places in Europe, even France, their facilities are so much better than the UK. I don't know what your what your experience of that is. Well, I have to be completely honest. So I'm I'm also organizing uh, the Warrior Open in England with uh, Marciona Silva, and uh, we okay. organized that for, for for two times. Yes. And, um, I I have to be honest. One of the first things I, I I said to him when when he showed me some facilities, I was like, like this isn't great. He's like, no, no, but you need to accept what's here because the facilities are uh, different than in Holland, and also the the cost of renting the hall is like four times of what we're renting the hall for. Yeah, I was just I was just blown away about it, um, and especially because we organized in London mm. uh, to to rent out a facility is is it's really really costful. So um, yeah, so far I think in in the Netherlands we complain a lot about things, but our facilities in general, not all of them, of course are quite good and i think yeah. uh for, for organizing tournaments that's that's a really nice thing to have yeah yeah no de de definitely when, when, when is the one that you're organizing when, when is that going to be roughly do you know uh the holland cup will always be at the uh, end of uh, uh may begin of june no, we... yeah no sorry the, the other one that you just mentioned you were... uh, the, the warrior open will always be the second weekend of uh march so it will be the 11th okay. of march in 2023 Okay, no, no problem, no problem. So anyone listening then will uh, will be able to go in that one. But no, I I agree, I agree. I think in the UK what we have is we have like school type premises, um, and then uh, you have to really go up to say national indoor arena, which would just you know, you'd never afford it. So it'd be so yeah. much. But there's nothing in between. There's nothing in between, and it's very very difficult. So I've always been jealous of uh, other parts of Europe when I've gone there. I think wow. And then they tell me what they pay for. It. I think that can't be real. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree because um, the whole we use for the Holland Cup is 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 like it's bigger than yeah. we use for the Warrior Open, and mm. it, it is not cheap, but it is quite cheaper. Yeah. Uh, but then again, there, there's there's always two two ways about it because in in England you have so much more taekwondo uh, uh, participants. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the tournament tournaments in England. Could be so much better, and I think that's one of the yeah. things that uh, mostly Jonas Silva saw also in the Holland Cup, and that I see in England, is that technically, if you get the Dutch Championships to England, yeah, uh, yeah, I think England could be doing great. The tournaments could be so much more better, professional, more professional, uh, because just of the number of people and also the professionality of clubs, because there's a lot of people in England that actually live from from the Taekwondo club. Yeah. In the Netherlands, there's only a few people that do that. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a it should be a mixture of both actually. 
yeah, yeah, no, that'd be, be nice to uh, nice nice to see. But uh, yeah, definitely, anybody listening to this, if you've never been to uh, other parts of Europe and you've seen the facilities, you'll, you'll be shocked um, uh, how nice they are. Um, even even a few years ago, I went to um, uh, they had the I think it was the World Cup in Barcelona. I think it was Barcelona, and and the facilities were just fantastic. I couldn't couldn't believe it. So it was great. But uh, you know, well, good 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 luck with your your events. I, I really do hope. Uh, that it continues and that it continues to be successful um, and you know you get uh, good numbers for it and uh, you know it, it, uh, it, it, it keeps that attraction because my, my people love it they love coming um, um, it's good to hear and as long as there's no uh, no lockdowns anymore the, the tournaments will go on and will get bigger and better and especially with the collaboration I've now got with uh, Marcelo da Silva uh, yeah. The professionality uh, and the service from the tournament itself will be even more than people expect. So yeah, just yeah. come to the Warrior Open and the Holland Cup and everybody will see uh, how a Taekwondo tournament should be. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So you you, you mentioned there as well that um, I think a little while back about, um, you know, obviously the facility. Because when I, when I was there last time, I think you you um, had your own uh, private dojang. Uh, is that still going and how is that going? Yeah, so I, I used to have actually two full-time gyms and uh, one like a part-time gym because we just rented a, a hall from the local government. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then Corona happened. I think uh, that was bad for a lot of people. And uh, some things also, not just uh, the, the members that quit, but also some things behind the, the screen um, didn't really work out well. So I had to quit two gyms and my, my full-time center in Delft is still going on, is still going strong. Okay. Um, and everything is, uh, is is quite good there, but it's also better for, for me to focus on one gym now and uh, yeah, really really get my, my energy back again uh, after this uh, these two years uh, of, of, of not doing your sport the way you want to. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying having one gym now at, at the moment in Delft. Yeah, it's 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 tough. I mean, uh, I, both my my main schools that I run, um, they've both suffered in in some way um, during the pandemic. Uh, one of them I nearly lost, but I managed to keep hold of it. Uh, I had to move to a, a much smaller premises, um, but you know it, it, it's working out well. Um, the other one, uh, although I maintained same premises, they they didn't give me the same times that I had before. So I lost a lot of adults because um, they couldn't make an earlier time. Um, so, you know, and also I had, I had a fair few older students um, in their sort of fifties and sixties uh, that used to, you know, like doing, and, you know, most of those left, most of those, uh, unfortunately, and they haven't come back. So, you know, it's, it's been, it's been tough for um, uh, leisure, for leisure um, pursuits, uh, like martial arts and all the other things, and um, you know, I, I, I feel it. I feel your pain because I've been through similar, and I'm sure uh, a lot of us who are who do this for for their living, uh, and I think that's the difference as well. I've spoken to other people. They say, "Oh, you know, everything was right." I said, "Yeah, but you know, you were you have another job, and you were at home getting furloughed, <laughs> getting money." Uh, I had to, you know, I had to still be there trying to, you know, keep people uh, interested in what I was doing. So. It, it's tough. It's tough, but uh, well done to you as well for uh, for keeping that going. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, and and, and one of the things was also um, I think everybody uh, who had a full time gym suffered from it is like your mental health. Mm, I never, yeah, yeah. I never had any problems with it, but I I've been depressed really uh, during these times because you're trying a lot, and you get kicked back like five to ten years, and it's not your yeah. fault. 
So yeah. um, that was also one of the reasons why I decided to keep one gym and fully focus on that one instead of putting my energy and effort everywhere and, and, and not be able to take care of myself also anymore. Yeah, yeah, de- de- definitely. Yeah, well, you know, good luck with that. And, um, you know, let's let's hope that, uh, as I said, we can we can keep it moving and uh, everything will be... Uh, you know, plain sailing from from now on. I'll, I'll keep my keep my fingers crossed. On, oh yes, me too. Uh, on, on, on that one. So just, just I mean, it's 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 a strange a strange question, really, in a, in a way, because I always ask, I try and ask people, you know, what what they feel is the the main benefits that um, you know, martial arts has has given them, and and so, sometimes it's as we are now, it, it's obvious in a way because it's our it's our life, it's our passion. Um, but yeah, just maybe, maybe more as a, as a younger person, um, you know, what, what it gave to you. Yeah, I think, um, of course, when you, when you start that doing Taekwondo, it really depends on where you start, mm. what kind of instructor you get and how you've been taught the martial art. Mm. And I don't think it's just Taekwondo. It's, 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 it's all the martial arts, but it's the way it, it's, it's taught to the children. Mm. I think one of the, the main things is, um, being self-confident yeah if you're confident in life not cocky not not arrogant but confident in life and and mm. you know who you are you know what you want and, and you you're positioned in the things you want i think that can benefit a lot of people um and and then everything else is coming around of course because if you can have a nice sparring session in the gym and if you uh, uh do some nice uh, conditioning training in the gym uh, i think you also have um, less of the feeling if something happens outside the gym that you actually interact and, and it ends up in a fight or something you're you're much more easier to say and be confident to say yeah. there was you do your thing i will go the other way and, and, and we'll be fine so i think confidence is is, is one of the biggest things that martial arts can uh, can benefit to people yeah yeah well you you it's interesting because i obviously you know i i, I haven't known you let's say per, personally per se i've known you in a in a martial arts um sort of atmosphere um but i i think i would have liked you as an instructor <laughs> because uh, you come across as being very approachable um i mean i think uh things like that have changed i mean you know in our classes in the early days we, we weren't allowed to laugh or smile the instructor never made a joke um i mean my my class some of my classes people might come in and think what's going on here because i'm laughing and joking and uh telling stories to the kids and just you know, joking with the kids. <laughs> so uh, I'm guessing. I don't know. I'm guessing you're very much the same. Perhaps you can I, let me know. I think I think we're the same about that. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. people will look at me and they're like, "Oh, you're teaching." But I can be very strict, of course. I mean, if they don't follow the rules, if they don't uh, like, I am still the teacher. I'm the instructor. But if everything goes well, um, I always tell everybody. Like people sometimes forget we are doing this for fun. I know it's a military sport but we're doing it for fun. So why shouldn't it be fun if there's room to do that? And I think actually we're, we're quite the same because um, I remember also seeing you, you know, one of the first times uh, and, and there aren't many masters that uh, perform like uh, some kind of demo. And I now saw two martial, martial art masters that are doing a funny demonstration on a, on a competition. And yeah, I think it's great to see because everybody has their own strength and, and everybody has their own um, leadership style and it needs to fit you and i think um yeah, yeah. humor and 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 being open is is quite a good thing but also being strict because we are having the rules and we are having the respect and stuff like that so yes, yeah, yeah that should be in balance yeah def- def- definitely i think um 
you know, uh, th- th- there's, there's a time and place for everything. And like, like you, you know, I have my times where I'm serious. And I said, right, I want, I want people to work hard. I want you to put, put, put it in. Um, you know, I want you to come out sweating. I want you this, I want that. But other times I can be uh, a little bit more, more chilled. But I think, I think uh, people enjoy that because sometimes they don't know what they're going to get, <laughs> which, is, which is quite nice. Which, which, uh, which side of us they're going to get, which is, which is good. Um, uh, just just move, sort of moving on from there. Um, now, I remember you, you came along to one of our uh, summer camps uh, a few years ago and um, you had a fantastic motorbike this is sort of a mixed question you see because what what i was going to say was um i was going to ask you what what you do when you're not doing martial arts and obviously because martial arts is our living our passion we're doing it a lot (laughs) so you know there are a few other things motorbiking i'm i'm still into this uh and recently i I went to a a shop i i I went to buy a scrambler an off-road bike Uh, but 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 i i sat on a cruiser and I came back with the cruiser, and I thought, "Wow, <laughs> I, 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 I never thought I, I never thought I would um, love a cruiser, but maybe it's an age thing now." Because <laughs> I mean, by sixties, I thought I sat on this bike, and I thought, "Wow, man, this is so nice." And I was like laid back, and I'm moving, around, and I just thought, "Yeah, I'm going to buy this." <laughs> so uh, I still want a scrambler, uh, but I've got a cruiser now. So I'm just wondering whether, first of all, whether whether you've still got your bike. I don't think you have. I think you told me you, you got rid of it. Uh, but yeah, I got if, rid of it. Yeah. All right. Okay. But if if not, what else do you do? What else do you do when you're not doing? Yeah, unfortunately, I got rid of it. But I can, I I do understand the feeling of uh, of the cruiser. So for me, the problem was I couldn't uh, put my bike somewhere inside uh, near my house. So okay. I had to actually drive to the to the location to get on my bike, and it was too much of a hassle. And it was really my dream bike, so I'm happy I had it. Oh, it's lovely. I am still looking at bikes every now and then, but I have to admit, not the sports bike anymore because yeah. I love the way they look. But the way they drive it, it's it's meant physically, uh, uh, yeah, it, it takes a lot from you. And uh, I, I think I will also go for a cruiser or something in, in between. Uh, yeah. But I'm not doing that anymore. Um, uh, for, for one, uh, well, I, I, I have got a girlfriend, so um, I'm putting a lot of time and effort in that. At, yeah. At least that's what, what I would like to believe. Yeah. Um, I, I started kite surfing. Oh, right. I'm not very good at it because I got afraid a little bit of the wind because it's quite strong and I'm not doing it as often uh, as I like. Uh, I love music uh, because I think when when you invited me for the podcast, I was actually at Pimple, which is a big music festival. Yeah, yeah. Like Metallica, Pearl Jam, Imagine Dragons, those kind of festivals. But also in two weeks, I go to a festival with with more like uh, techno music and house music and those kind of things. Okay. Yeah. I I love doing that. Uh, I rebuilt a camper during corona times so i yeah. have a 44 year old mercedes camper that i took apart completely oh wow and i rebuilt it again and uh, I, I, I really enjoy uh, going away with that with my girlfriend yeah so, um, but we're doing that as much as much as possible and yeah I, i'm i'm really a guy who, who can't really sit still so i i love enjoying doing fun stuff with my friends watching yeah. movies um yeah, those kind of things. You, everything needs to be balanced. If you work hard for for your for your passion, you also need to balance it out with a lot of other fun stuff. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm trying to do that, but uh, a motorcycle would still be very welcome. 
Yeah, def- definitely. Well, it's it's, it's just because I, I I love my music as well. I, I um maybe slightly different, and again maybe it's maybe it's my age, but I saw uh, Eric Clapton recently at the Royal Albert Hall, who was one of my heroes. I, I'm going to turn this right. This is my guitar collection. Oh nice. <laughs> so I've, I've got got many different ones, but uh, I started playing guitar around the time time that I did started taekwondo, and I love. Uh, I try and, try and practice and do a little bit every morning, but uh, I'm hoping at some point to get out with some friends again because uh, during lockdown, none of that happened. So get back out and start playing music together and uh, pretending to be Jimi Hendrix and, uh, <laughs> and, and failing. But, uh, but there we go. But loving it, loving it. Uh, oh, is... I would love to hear someone. Eh? Yes, I will. I will. I, I, um, I love my, um, love my music. It's, it's, it's quite interesting because I, I, I started, um, when I started playing modern music and then I got into sort of um, I think it was Hendrix. I love Hendrix. And I found out who Hendrix's um, uh, inspiration was. And uh, it was a guy called Buddy Guy. And then it took me back to Muddy Waters and I went back and then Eric clapped and I got into that sort of uh, blues thing really more than anything. Um, and, uh, and playing that, but yeah, I, I love it. I love it. It's, it's, it's great. And I think it's nice. Um, you know, the, the people, the people listening to this, um, you know, as full-time martial arts instructors, I love my Taekwondo. I love going in the class, but actually sometimes you have to get away from it and you have to enjoy some other things um, and, you know, just put, just, just get it out of your mind for a little bit and come back fresh. Um, and that's what I find. And I find that, you know, getting on my motorbike, just going for a ride and uh, I play harmonica as well, taking my harmonica with me um, and just sitting by a bit of grass and just playing is really nice. So I, I, like I think that. sometimes people forget that, um, that my, my, what, what I've, what I found out when I've, I started my full-time gym and I actually became full-time instructor and one hand is great, but if your hobby becomes your work, then your work is your hobby. Yeah. And that is sometimes a bit of my problem that uh, if, if I've been teaching a long time, and some of my buddies are like, oh, let's go for a training. And when I was younger, I would always say, oh, yeah, fine. Now let's go. Yeah. And now these days like, no, no, I'm fine. You know, because <laughs> you've been doing it already all day and it's, it's actually yeah. also your work. So I yeah. think that's a bit of the downside. And that's why the reset with other things is very important because otherwise you you, you can't go through with it. It needs to be, be still become uh, stay your passion and your hobby. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely, definitely. Well, I think, uh, as, as you say, it's... Uh, when, it, when, it, when it's your work as well, you sometimes you just need that that break from it. But um, so so moving on from there, um, what one thing that I found as as I've got got older, when I, when I was younger, and I was competing, uh, I was competing internationally. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't take that much time over my um, over my diet to be honest. I used to eat anything. <laughs> I could eat anything and get away with it. Um, oh, and and I had a really healthy appetite. <laughs> I remember I remember being part of the squad. I was the light, lightest weight. And I used to eat the most. <laughs> people, people used to look at me and think, where is he putting this? <laughs> but I think because I had a quite a hyper nature, my body just used to consume calories <laughs> double quick. But uh, I, I just wonder whether, you know, you, you, you've ever had that, whether you, whether you have it now, whether you have any sort of uh, um, regular diet regimes or, or are you just careful or you just eat what you like. <laughs> I, I, yeah, when I was competing, um, of course, I, I watched what I ate, usually not how much I ate from of it. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, these days, some people are really, really careful with the weight categories. Um, mm. uh, I, I wasn't. So I was usually around 78 kilos. Um, and it all, it all depends on because I fought 
for about when when heavyweight was still 80 plus kilos. I think I fought about three years heavyweight because a buddy of mine was uh, like 75 kilos and smaller and it could only be one uh, uh, competitor from each country in a category. So I was fighting heavyweight with my yeah, 78, 80 kilos and he was going a little bit lower and I became third at the World Championships in uh, Quebec in 2007. Um, so yeah, I, I wasn't really busy with my weight just when you had a way in of course the day i would not eat that much because you want to make sure you were weight but i never had a problem of stepping on the scale um maybe now i've got more of a problem because you get older mm. you train a little bit less you like food a little bit more so every now and then i need to go on a small crest diet or i need to upgrade my training because uh yeah also i get uh, some uh, some corona kilos and stuff like that and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well it's summer it, it, so <laughs> well yeah 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 i think um i, I mean I, i'm i'm very uh well some people would say obsessed now but i i, I think um as as i've got uh older i'm i'm, I'm very very conscious of, of what I, I i i tend to i tend to do i mean i don't know whether you you've done any or tried any um uh, i i tend to do um a bit of fasting uh and sometimes i might spend maybe two three days max uh, just on fluid uh, not having any food, um, I, I tend to do a bit of time restricted eating as well. So start eating late, finish eating very early in the day, um, and, and try and sort of uh, balance my weight that way. I don't know if, you, if you've tried any of that. I've, I've tried uh, a three-day uh, uh, no solid food, uh, just mm. the, the the small shots kind of thing. Yeah, uh, for once it was the worst three days of my life, so I don't try <laughs> that anymore. Uh, uh, yeah, there, there's some things like I I don't want to eat too much in the evening and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah my, my girlfriend's Polish, and um, they eat in the evening, so that that's a bit of a thing we uh, need to figure out sometimes. Because if there's food in front of my nose, I'm also not the one that says no to it. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm complaining a lot that I like, oh, I need to have a six pack. I need to get <laughs> my weight loss. But then again, I'm also eating and drinking everything. Um, so it, it goes in ways, but I, I don't do strict uh, uh, diet regimes. I do like to read about them and understand them. So if people mm. like I go fasting things, uh, I like to understand the good and bad side about it. Yeah, so yeah. if people are talking about it, then I, I know what it's about, because I think it's important if if your your teacher is not just about how you train, but also mindfulness and also your body and your food, yeah, yeah. that at least the basics you understand. Yeah, yeah, very, very much. And it, you, you actually you mentioned something there. I mean, about uh, um, sort of eating because because eating, I mean, it's very social um, and it's quite a cultural thing. Like uh, obviously, my, my background is Jamaican, you know, and when I I used to have to train to go to go to visit my parents in Jamaica because I'd go around my aunts and uncles. And they go, ah, oh, sit down, have some food. And it, it, it was rude not to eat. <laughs> so yeah. I'd go and visit them like five un uncles and aunts in one day. And then I'd come back and I'd be like, I couldn't sit down because I'd been eating so much food. <laughs> but, because they don't have any money per se, but they always have food because they grow the, you know, used to, used not so much now, but they used to grow their own food. So it was always a, a social thing. Ah, oh, sit down, have some food, have some rum you know, uh, and things like that. But, uh, it, I mean, it was nice. Very, very nice. I, I enjoyed it, but, uh, you, you, you have to, um, I had to train for it. <laughs> I, I also do think that, um, I think that the, the more modern days we, we uh, think about food more, which, which is really good. Mm. Um, and I think 
most competitors even uh, underestimate the, the the how much food can have an impact on your training. Mm. Uh, like losing weight, I always tell people that asking me for advice. I said, okay, just normal people. Uh, I said you train two, three times a week. I said, but you eat three, four times a day. So mm. food is much more important to lose weight than the training. I said it needs exactly. to be combined. Exactly. But I think it's the same with high level competitors. Even uh, with our squad also, um, there's not enough information about nutrition, I think. I think that's one of the points uh, that, that we can gain a lot about if we if we have more professionals on board and our competitors actually are following a diet. Uh, I think mm. it's really underestimated how much of an impact that could have. Yeah, 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 def- def- definitely, definitely. Well, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I often think to myself, well, if, if I'd have... Uh, had the knowledge that I have now, and and maybe the discipline as well, um, with food, ha- would I have been a better competitor? I'm not sure what I've been a better, but I, I would certainly have had recovered better, and maybe yeah. le- maybe less injuries because uh, <laughs> I think uh, that 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 was um, uh, one of the things I think that probably would have helped. But uh, um, so moving on from there, and it's still it's still a little bit on 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 training. One of the things that I wanted to ask you, which is something again and i found that as i've got older as a martial artist um the, the way that i do things has changed i my training has obviously changed i'm trying to protect my body a lot more um and i started doing i've mentioned a number of times on this podcast i started doing uh, meditation and breath work now no if anybody had told me when i was in my 20s or 30s that i would be meditating i would have said you lose your mind i'm, I'm too hyper i can't sit down for five minutes so how am i going to sit down and meditate uh, but I've actually managed to discipline myself to to sit down and do that, and I think that's more about uh, where I am in my life, really. Um, and I, I do quite a bit of breath work on a daily basis, um, just for my my health, and it, and it certainly helped in the last two years with my mental health. So again, just you know whether you've done anything like that, or whether you um, uh, you know would like to do it in the future, or what. I, I do think I, um, I have a bit of the same. Like I'm, I'm really busy in my head. So with mm. with, with with mindfulness for me, it's um, mm. if I walk around, I'm still walking around uh, with, with a podcast on my head. If I'm if I'm alone, uh, but I I think the the older you get, the more open you get to these things because um, uh, you, you get open more open minded than when you're younger. Because when you're mm. younger, you're quite strict. I like this. I don't like that. And that's good for me. And that's not good for me. And I think when you're older. You get more open to these things. So I'm not doing them yet. I am interested in them. So I read about it. I I have I listen podcasts about it. Um, I don't think it, it's it's for me yet. I'm not there yet. But I'm I'm never gonna say I'm never doing it uh, again. And I think I do a lot of things different than I was younger already. When especially before Corona time, I could get stressed really easily. Like I could fix on a thing and I could get angry really quick about something if it didn't go right and you got older you had a lot of problems now you think you know what it, it's not that important you know and tomorrow will be another day and uh, I, I think that helps me a lot now to to call my mind first and maybe after that one of the steps could be meditation in what kind of form or maybe sure. even um i hate cold water but the wim hof method is oh uh, i love it i love it's, it <laughs> it's everywhere at the moment but i just i hate cold water but i, I would never say never but um, yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting how the how the body works with the mind and what the mind can do for the body and uh, yeah. the older you get the more um i think the more open you get to that well it, it, you know i i i haven't taken a, a hot shower or bath for three years now 
I love it. I love <laughs> I love it. Uh, um, and it, it, it was, uh, I started doing it because I had a problem with my skin. So I actually started taking cold showers uh, for my immune system, but I actually really enjoy it now. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, when you first go in there, it's a bit, but but um, I'm so used to it now that um, when when it's too hot, I think, oh, it's really hot, this show. <laughs> I don't have to cool it. Can I, can I get it colder? Can I get it colder? Uh, but I, I quite like it. So, um, and I have done Wim Hof as well. I've done a bit of Wim Hof. I, I don't, um, I find the Wim Hof, Hof method, um, well, not, not difficult, but it doesn't seem to suit me. Yeah. Um, so I, I use a little, little bit more um, of a relaxed method of, of, of breathing. Um, but I do it most mornings. Uh, I try and do it a few times throughout the day. Um, and because I'm quite a hyper person, it sort of calms me down as well. Uh, you know, uh, I try and try and use that as much as possible. So but there we go. It's good to hear that work. Yeah, it's good to hear that works for you. I think that's, that's yeah. also the good thing about getting older. You try to get yeah. small things from everywhere yeah. and see yeah. how it benefits you instead of focusing on one thing. Yeah, yeah, de de definitely, definitely. Well, we're, we're sort of we're coming. Well, two things. We're coming to the end uh, of of our of our sort of time, really. And I just wanted to. I mean, a lot of my students listen to this, and you know, I'm tr trying to push this out to to other people. Um, ju just uh, you know, whether you've got any uh, advice for any of the young martial artists, wh whether they're competitors or not, or um, you know, I, I I always try and, for example, say to my students, look, you know. Take it seriously, but don't take it seriously. <laughs> you have to take it seriously at times, but you have to enjoy it. You have to try and enjoy it. You have to laugh and smile, uh, enjoy the pain sometimes. Um, and that, that's my philosophy, really, is, um, you know, don't, don't take it seriously, but but take it seriously. <laughs> a bit, bit strange. I don't know. Any, any words of wisdom for them? I think I think that's a really good approach. I would also say uh, enjoy the sports, and of course, there's some people don't like the pattern part, some people don't like the sparring part. Yeah. Um, find a part you really like. Try to be as good as as you can get. It doesn't say you need to become world champion or competitor, but for for yourself, try to be as good as get. Yeah. Um, what what I always say is, I think taekwondo is one of the few sports I know. Uh, like like if, if they got you as an instructor you've got international contacts you can go to different countries even if it's an umpire coach or maybe just to go as a supporter um, your your world can be a lot lot bigger than just your country uh, mm. if you're in the sports and uh, they don't call it Taekwondo family for nothing uh, most of the people will help each other most of the people are like-minded yeah, and yeah. I, I think that's one of the really, really good things about the, about the sports that it's a it's a big community with open and welcome uh, for 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 almost everybody. So yeah. um yeah, enjoy what you're doing and your journey will take you there. And there's a black belt is not a destination; it's just the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Tim, I want to say thank you very, very much. Uh, I, I I'm sure the people listening to this have enjoyed uh, the chat. One thing I I will say is that. Um, you know, I've had students, um, Puma students and personal students of mine come over to your uh, event and all of them have said what a, what a lovely person you are, which is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this this podcast. No, nobody has said, uh, maybe, maybe they don't really know you, nobody said anything negative about you. <laughs> uh, they, they don't know me yet Thank you but, very much for the, for the compliment and that it could be on the podcast. Well, they, 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 they've always enjoyed it and they've always said what a friendly uh, tournament it is. And, and to be honest, I, I, I encourage them to, to go over. I always actually try and encourage them to go over to yours for their first international so they get a, a taste of a nice, uh, friendly, awesome. 
friendly tournaments and uh you know they all come back and they all love it they all love it so thank you very very much uh for that and um you know i, I wish you all the best i hope your competition keeps going with uh incredible success um lovely lovely to speak to you i'm sure we'll we'll speak again very soon in person um uh, all the people listening um i'll, I'll ask uh Mr. Tim Cool, if he's got anything that he, he wants to put in the um, show notes uh, for anyone to see or maybe some dates of the tournaments uh, in the future that he's organising, we'll certainly put those in. Uh, thanks. Thank you very much. And, um, you know, take care and look after yourself and hopefully we'll we'll chat again soon. In fact, I'm, I, I'll get you to hang on because I'll chat to you after this is finished. <laughs> but for people listening, thank you very much. Uh, it's me signing off once again, the Dark Master. And... Um, We'll catch up with you very soon. Thank you. Thank you very much.